If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Just saw two tweets that kind of sum up everything going on in 2020. Mm. Christian Brewey, our friend down in Orlando, has this from uh, Danny White, athletic director at UCF, says that the number one criteria he is looking for as possible non-conference opponents is, quote, testing protocol. Mm. (laughs) Not strength of schedule, not money, not... Nope, testing protocol. I like that. Uh, and Brett McMurphy says, UConn coach Randy Edsel on canceling season. This is pretty powerful here. Now, we don't know if it would have been true, but, quote, if I was in a Power 5 or Group of 5 conference, I'd be saying the same thing. I'd be doing the same thing because these young men's lives are more important than money. Well, yeah, you're, that's what you're a basketball school, though, too. That's what UConn is saying after they cancel the football season, and they're – They've kind of been a mess up there at UConn uh, a a bit. So uh, Randy Edsel, who, uh, by the way, used to be a coach on the Jaguars staff uh, back in the day, uh, now at UConn, and uh, they're canceling the season. So that's some of the fresh stuff out. Uh, NCAA coming out with some big news and at Mm -hmm. least some growth and steps. I'm I'm sure people say, is it enough? All those things. There's critics of of everything the NCAA does. But opt-outs are a possibility for college kids with a little bit of a parachute. Uh, we'll get into that as well. Talking about UConn, you know, and, and they're the first school to kind of opt out of playing football this year, and we'll see if it's going to be an extended period of time or not, if they're just completely done with their football program now. We'll see what happens there. But what is it right now about the the Upper East Coast, let's just call it, with you, when you have teams like New England who have so many guys choose to opt out in the NFL, and now you have UConn who's shutting down their football program, what does, like, the Northeast know right now that we don't know? Well... My first thought goes to, just because of the nature of it, uh, when up in New England, I would say it's uh, highly on the liberal side. Democrat okay. mm-hmm. votes uh, highly Democratic, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least I know Rhode Island does. I think Massachusetts uh, it leans that way. So I th- And New York is definitely that way. So I think maybe it's based in, in some respect mm-hmm. that way. Uh, so, and I don't want to listen. I know everybody else is doing that and politicizing it. I don't really want to be the guy doing that, but I just say, if you're asking me what's the, the common denominator, yeah, potentially up there is are they smarter than everybody else? No, I don't think so. But are their views maybe a little bit different than some say here in the South? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it kind of they vote that way. Let's just say that. Gotcha. Uh, so maybe I, I don't know. That's the only thing I could put my my finger on, or it just might be pure coincidence. I mean, UConn has, has struggled a little bit, and they're now like independent. Uh, they don't belong. You know, they don't have to. They can do almost whatever they want. Uh, New England might just have be in the perfect spot. You know, they get veteran guys in there. Uh, they might have. Uh, just a, a coincidence of all these situations, from Marquise Lee with a newborn to whoever else. Uh, I, I don't know the answer to that mm-hmm. uh, concretely, but that would just be my speculation, at least uh, for the moment, um, because kind of that's where my mind wanders all the time after uh, when I look at things, social media or sometimes decision making. And, and sometimes that's reality. Sometimes it is not. Josh Allen, Brandon Linder talked to the media today. Some interesting things because Josh Allen's being asked second year in to be the star of this team. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, it might already be the star of the team, but he's being asked. I mean, Gardner Minshew's being asked to do that, too. DJ Chark, there are some other guys being asked to be the star of the team. But no doubt, Josh Allen's being asked to be the star of the team. I, there, there, There's a high ceiling, many people believe, for Josh Allen. Well, and arguably right now, you can say that Josh Allen is probably the best player on this team going into his second year already. ESPN did a who's most likely to make the Hall of Fame from each team. Uh, Jags don't have a slam dunk candidate, mm-hmm. but uh, they went with most likely would be in the running, mm-hmm. which is like a 40 to 69% chance, I think is how they broke it down. Okay. They put Josh Allen. Dang. Uh, because I think uh, I think it was D Rock who wrote it, but I think the the reasoning was I, I want to say twenty seven players he looked at that had that those kind of numbers uh, where it was drafted and and rookie. Mm-hmm. Well, eleven of them have gone on to Canton, mm-hmm. so it's actually a bit of a trend. Uh, if I interpreted that correctly. So anyway, Josh Allen, no doubt, being asked to be a star, and I think he looks like he's embracing it mm-hmm. and accepts that, and he knows that. And I've said this about Josh Allen since the day we uh, met him in Nashville for the draft. That was the day before the draft. And then obviously Jags pick him and you kind of we do the whole thing and you don't get a big chance to meet him. But then two days later, actually, it was the next day here in Jacksonville. We see him out there on the field and we're doing our show a day after he got drafted. And then consistently, my view of Josh Allen has been what a mature young man. Mm-hmm. You know, it uh, doesn't feel like a rookie mm-hmm. and he's done nothing really. I mean, now, listen, he can be kind of that playful side of a young man, uh, you know, no doubt. Uh, but I just feel like there's a maturity about him. He feels like he's been in the league six or seven years. He feels like he's in his lower 30s than he does in his, his early to mid 20s. And uh, I like that about him. Mm-hmm. And I think with this football team, the way they're built they need those guys. They need some of those. They're asking some of those guys to mature quickly, be leaders quickly, especially with no Calais Campbell, possibly no Yannick Ngakwe and others. Well, and listen, and to me, this stems from one thing, and that's the fact that he is a family man. Okay. I mean, yeah, sure. I think he likes to have fun like any football player in that locker room, especially a young football player. Um, is you know like I mean the, the, there's going to be some jokes thrown around, and there's going to be some lightheartedness as there should be because that kind of breaks up the. You know, just the dog days of summer, if you will, of training camp. So I know Josh Allen has that to him as well. But in terms of how he approaches his craft, how he approaches the business of football, I I believe that mentality, that personality stems directly from being a family man. And when we say he's wise beyond his years, well, yeah, I think he's trying to set a good example, you know, for, you know, for first. He's got one kid, right? Or two kids now? Uh, Now two. Yeah. So so his two kids um, and obviously his wife. So it's. I think it's very rare to get a guy like that right off the bat. Usually guys grow into that kind of role. Obviously you got him from college kind of already with that kind of mindset and mentality. And that's a big get to have because obviously you lose guys like Calais Campbell, AJ Boye, you know, now even Al Woods opted out. You lose a lot of that veteran leadership, that experience. Well, now you have to lean on the younger guys and at least some of your quote unquote younger guys are a little more wise or mature beyond their years. Uh, I said that with a whole bunch of confidence that he has two kids. I think, let me go back and say, I think, okay. I think he now has two kids, two, okay. two little guys, uh, little, little kids. Okay. Um, and I really jumped at that and said it with a bunch of confidence, but I do think <laughs> that is the case. Right. <laughs> he had one on draft day, obviously yeah. the little, little guy, and I'm pretty sure they just had one. In fact, I feel like we're, he had one right around the time where uh, we, this other time we saw Josh Allen was at, Monster at the Monster Jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like back in February. Yeah. And I think he he either had just had a newborn or they were having a newborn like within days okay. of that. Oh, gosh, I want to say. 
Uh, it's been a long 2020, though. Yeah, I hear you, man. <laughs> Who you telling, dude? Uh, hey, we're going to have some uh, fun today. Max Kellerman about to join us in just a little bit. One other thought on the Jags that we'll get to. We usually start with Jags, go, go a little deeper dive into some of these topics. But Max Kellerman is going to join us uh, in just about five minutes or so. And so we'll start there here on a Wednesday. And then we'll get back into some of these Jags topics. But the offensive line is always a fun one for me because <laughs> I think the, the the outside world hates the Jags offensive line, has hated it, always hates it. It, it doesn't matter. I think every – I say this all the time. I think every fan base hates their offensive line. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it, it it's the way it is. I mean, maybe Dallas a couple years ago, they, they were like, yeah, we think it's a strength. But uh, this, ja- this Jags offensive line has a lot to prove. Brandon Linder talked – I thought he was talking about – a guy who's matured over the years now, and he's leaned on that. People lean on him that way. He's been a captain. But coming off a year where it was obviously a very good year, in part because he stayed healthy, you could sense like he's taken more command of this football team. What he had to say about the offensive line was interesting. Uh, is As you look at it in a couple ways, one regarding penalties last year and some of the struggles they did have, but two, what he likes about uh, their football team and their offensive line. And that's on the heels of Doug Marone on Monday, once again saying, mm-hmm. and not afraid to say it, kind of, I'm paraphrasing, we like our offensive line more than you like our offensive line. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's an interesting story developing. And I got this question a little bit later on. You have to answer it right now. In show homework, though, mm-hmm. does the season really and and I, I don't want to say season from a Super Bowl to a, a number one draft pick kind of swing, but you will understand the, the the nature of the question. Does the season not necessarily hinge as much on Gardner Minshew, but hinge on the offensive line success and the offensive line play and the gamble they did take in free agency in the draft to not go get more help and say we like what we have? Uh, I wonder that. Uh, I thought about that today. And how much is it more about the offensive line so they can do all the things they want to do uh, with Minshew and with some of the other weapons that they have on offense? Could the entire season really hinge on that? Because we've said it before, the offense really has to be one of the strengths of this football team coming up in 2020. We're going to take a quick timeout. We come back. Max Kellerman joins us from ESPN. He's got a new show starting up on August 17th. Obviously, he spends a lot, a lot of time debating Stephen A. Smith as well. We'll have some fun with Max Kellerman when we come back. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN at 690 here on a Wednesday. Hope you're doing well, Jacksonville and beyond. Thanks for hanging out with us on ESPN 690 in your car, on ESPN690.com on the stream, or on multiple platforms, including the video, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch. We'll be right back here on ESPN 690. Uh, I'd be lying to you if I said I didn't. You know, my family family's first, man. It's some, I don't want to put my family in jeopardy of any, you know, any harm that I, you know, bring to them. So that was always, uh, you know, something that I, you know, kept close to me. But, you know, Kate, my wife, you know, she, she really encouraged me to, you know, to stay, to keep playing football this year, man, because she knows what I'm striving for in my career. And she's real helpful. And she's doing her best to keep the kids inside the house and keep them busy until I get home and I got to take over. So, you know, I have a great support system, great support staff in my house, and, uh, you know, I'm just here to stay safe, man, and hope everybody, my teammates, do the same thing. That is Jaguars pass rusher, defensive end, Josh Allen. Used to refer to him as the good Josh Allen. Now other people think <laughs> that the other Josh Allen's pretty good, too. Uh, and 
You, you just said, by the way, you said kids plural. So yeah. confirming uh, what I thought he has uh, two kids. M- multiple kids confirmed. I will say this, too. Uh, cool thing. I, I love the honesty right there from Josh Allen. He was asked, did he think about sitting out and opting out? Yeah. And he said, I'd be lying if I, if I didn't cross my mind and, oh, and yeah. obviously had those kind of discussions. I think it's easy to say, no, 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 no way. I was I was coming in. Well, but, but listen, I think, I mean, as a parent and, you know, even as a husband, it'd be pretty irresponsible if you said I didn't think of it at all. I mean, when you got two young kids, obviously you have to consider their needs as well. So, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that he said that. I'm glad that he said it. You know, he was he was very transparent. And I think some guys. Obviously, like you said, what would have kind of beat around the bush a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I'd expect nothing less from Josh Allen. Yeah, and uh, listen, uh, he's a young dad, too, you know, so it's to have all the – it's easy to say, hey, my first priority is go play football, get a check, and care for my family, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and and not think about all those other things. I think, once again, shows his maturity in all of that. Um yeah, I'll give you a little story here. We looked into doing, we'll do Jaguars All Access once again this year on the TV side. It's going to be on Thursday nights. And prior to the pandemic, looked into even having Josh Allen on the show. And this will show you from a family standpoint. He had the newborn uh, this year. He's got two kids. And that was really one of the prevailing factors for him to say, yeah, I'd, lo- I'd like to look into it down the road, but I just don't think the timing's good right now. Mm-hmm. And so it shows you where some of his priorities are at and uh, not that Jack was all X probably on everybody's high priority list um, from a Jack standpoint, but I thought even that, like it, it just, there's some little things about Josh Allen that add up, mm-hmm. and and now it's how much of a star will he be? Mm-hmm. And I think he's got a chance to be a big star. But does this year go to tell a lot about Josh Allen? Because no Calais, potentially no Ngakwe. And people right now, if you did anything on the Jags defense over the last few years, it was like, well, because you had this guy and this guy and this guy. And, and for the pass rushers, it's, well, even for Jan, it's, well, Calais was there yeah. or Josh Allen was there. You know, that Josh Allen now has a chance to do it by himself. Well, and, and this is the issue that I have, right? Because if you look at great pass rushers all around the league, even the past decade, you'll see one thing. They have other guys that are in the supporting roles, right? Like even J.J. Watt had somebody. Josh Allen last year had Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, Josh Allen last year had Clayus Campbell. And when you have multiple guys that teams have to worry about, well, then obviously you have to game plan around those guys. So it wasn't like Josh Allen seen a lot of double teams last year. Now, he saw some of them. But I'm just saying this year right now with the Jaguars offensive line, I see Josh Allen and I see – that's about it right now. Yeah. Okay? That's, that's all I see. So with that being said, a lot of attention will be commanded on Josh Allen this year, and it's going to be very telling to see if he can handle that pressure and produce. It reminds me a lot like Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald doesn't matter if he's getting double-teamed, triple-teamed. Aaron Donald's going to get his because he's that talented of a player. I think even Cleo Mack is that talented of a player, even though his production went down last year due to some of the supporting cast around him. Can Josh Allen... I guess, you know, copy off of last year a little bit, even improve off last year's numbers, it's going to be tough, but we'll see. Yeah, and if he does it, then we can start putting him in the category maybe of a Khalil Mack. We think he's that kind of athletic Absolutely. freak, no doubt about it. Brent Morton, no, former Jags player, Austin Lane, here on Action Sports Jags on ESPN 690 here in Jacksonville in Northeast Florida. And let's welcome to the show part of the new lineup coming up on ESPN across the country on August 17th, 2 to 4 p.m. It will be the Max Kellerman Show, and Max Kellerman joins us right now. How about a little bonus first? take kind of action for you or at least get get you going on the radio side a couple weeks in advance max love him or leave him gardner Minshew here in jacksonville what do you have to say about it 
if I if I'm presented with those two choices, I gotta leave him. I think he's a I think he's a nice quarterback. I don't know if he's I think he's proven he can play at starter level. I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. All right, uh, we get you going. How you doing, man? You looking forward to this show coming up in a couple weeks? I am, and you guys left out the Bosa brothers. I totally agree with you about Khalil Mack, but I think the Bosa brothers are right there too. It's a great call. Absolutely, and I know a lot of people around the country probably aren't talking about Josh Allen just yet down here. Not the quarterback, but yeah. the pass rusher. But this guy had ten and a half sacks last year. He is an athletic freak, a mature guy. We're really looking forward to seeing what he has to do to see if he could join the ranks of those kind of pass rushers. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, coming out, you knew that guy was going to be a stud. You know, uh, where, where did he go? I'm trying to remember his Kentucky. draft position. Uh, number seven? seven. Number seven. He yeah. slipped. The Jags landed. You know, he slipped to the Jags. Yeah, it was perfect. Because the, the Giants took uh, took Daniel Jones. And I was someone, I, I like Daniel Jones now. I still have questions about him. I think he has good upside. But I was definitely someone who was like, are the Giants kidding? You can get Daniel Jones. You have multiple first-round picks. You have Daniel Jones later in the first round. Grab Josh Allen. What are you doing? He's, a, he's like an – there was an embarrassment of riches still starting with him. So, yeah, you guys got a, a great player who – probably should not have gone as low as seven and not only that the the break i think the jags got to create the domino of the giants taking jones because they might have anyway is Farrell who went to oakland and and look yeah. that was an overdraft at the time but it looks like he's performing pretty well for the raiders yeah right like you know at the time we all have our opinions and then we see who actually performs um the, the bottom line is you got to get to the quarterback it, even though i know the secondary is much more important now and you can have all-time great defenses you know, without, you know, it doesn't have to be as much about the defensive end um, as it used to be or the linebacker or even in some instances the defensive tackle. You, you, you want that, that secondary player who can shut down the passing game because that, that vertical threat is all what it's about nowadays. But um, you still got to get, you got to get pressure on the quarterback. You know, you're not going to be successful if you don't. Max, it's funny that you brought up Daniel Jones because my co-host here, Brent Martino, might have been the biggest Daniel Jones supporter coming out of the Senior Bowl, even to the point where I thought his age was actually paying him to try to promote Daniel Jones so much because, well, we didn't really need a quarterback at the time. So it's funny that you bring up Daniel Jones, but I want to talk about an older quarterback real quick, a guy that you, you've cut, you kind of commented about before, and that's Tom Brady. You know, I think Tom Brady has exceeded expectations of how long of a career he's had. He's in Tampa Bay right now, and obviously the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the hottest topic. They're they're the hottest thing right now going on in the NFL. And, you know, regardless of what you think about Tom Brady's skill set, the question that I always circle back on, and the question that I really can't answer truthfully right now where I sit today, did, did Tom Brady need Bill Belichick more than Bill Belichick needed Tom Brady? Or, no, is, it the other, yeah. or is it the other way around? No, no doubt about it. Look, okay. look, baseball is a game of GMs, right? It's not that, that, that the players aren't important. They absolutely are. But you want to have a great franchise, get the best GM in baseball. Uh, basketball is a game of players. The, the best teams have to have the best. Like, you have to have an MVP-level player, mm -hmm. preferably two. Football is a game of coaches. You know, the coach is the number one determining factor for a team. Now, of course you need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. and, and ideally, the quarterback is an extension of the coach on the field. So in certain ways, you can't separate them. Like, and that goes for any sport. You look at uh, Popovich with Tim Duncan. Duncan was Popovich on the court. You look at uh, uh, Joe Torre with Derek Jeter, same thing. And Tom Brady was Belichick on the field. So obviously Belichick does not have the same level of success without Tom Brady. But forget about what he did in Cleveland. Oh, what's his record without Tom Brady? And then you want to count Cleveland. He took a terrible <laughs> Cleveland team, got him to the playoffs before they fell apart, and he was a rookie coach, head coach. Then 
with that experience, he had st- he went to New England where he had stability. What happened then? His record, he wins more than twice as much as he loses as head coach without Tom Brady. So it, of course, there's a drop-off when he has Matt Castle instead of Tom Brady. But he won 11 games that season, 10 of them with Matt Castle as his starter. You know, he's, he's a great coach. Tom Brady last year, and this is not an insult, he was a game manager who could be big on third down. But you can win a Super Bowl that way. Even in the Super Bowl, that's what he was. Two years ago, they changed the team. You know, the, the, there wasn't the same vertical threat. You had the tight end that he trusted, and you had a running game and a great defense. And he won the lowest scoring Super Bowl in the history of the NFL, and that in an offensive era, right? He was just better than Goff, who was not good. Um, and, and, and so he did that with Brady two years ago. It's always been more. And then when you consider Belichick is also the GM. So uh, it, uh, to me, it's been a no-brainer. It's always not that Brady wasn't a really important part of it um, and, and that Belichick could have won six Super Bowls without Tom Brady. He wouldn't have. But if you have to give one or the other more credit in football, it is the coach. Max Kellerman with us. The Max Kellerman Show starts up August 17th, ESPN all across the country, right here in Jacksonville on ESPN 690. You know, we talk about the climb of athletes. I like kind of talking about the climb of folks in our profession. Uh, and Max Kellerman's joining us right now from boxing to verbal punches daily with Stephen A. Smith on first take and one of the most uh, unique shows we have in our industry. And now to your own radio show. The climb has probably been an interesting one and a fun one. Uh, what's the radio show going to be like? Um, well, I did the Max Kellerman show in New York for a bunch of years. I did Max and Marcellus with Marcellus Wiley in L.A. for almost six years. We did afternoon drive. And the radio is not a lot like first take. <clears throat> the radio is not a hot take show there will be hot takes there'll be takes there'll be arguments and debates and you know it's a sports show but if you like talking mostly about sports come hang out with your boy for a little while that's the max (laughs) kellerman show that's 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 the show and if anyone wants to know what it's going to sound like you can go on youtube and check out max and marcellus and they'll still have clips up there and that's more or less what it's going to sound like. Yeah, and you've had a lot of success in that genre, too. The uh, Let me ask you about this. Because people now know Max Kellerman from first take, will it is it hard to differentiate yourself as you move back to the radio side? I don't know. Time will tell. But, um, I, I, you know, I, I started in the business in 98 out of college on Friday Night Fights. Then ho- was the, I was the original host of Around the Horn. And then left ESPN to do a show, IMAX, on Fox Sportsnet and boxing on HBO, which I did for years, and, and ESPN Radio. Then I went to MSNBC, then CNN, and now back to ESPN, where I did Sports Nation, and now First Take. So the, the fact of the matter is, like a lot of, like, I'll talk to people who, oh, I, I remember the, the uh, Around the Horn days, used to mute Woody Page. And, or, or, or I loved you on the air with Marcellus if I'm walking around somewhere in L.A. Or, or the old Max Keller show if I'm in New York. Or boxing, because of HBO boxing. Um, so, at, but right now, at this moment, what people clearly know me for, insofar as they do know me, is 
you're the guy who argues with Stephen A. Smith on TV all the time. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> Max, a little a little thing about me. So I used to play for the Jaguars, and now I'm a, I'm a current professional MMA fighter. But I grew up with MMA, and I grew up with boxing. So I'm a diehard boxing fan. I've been that way since I was a kid. And I'd be remiss, if since I have you on the, on the line right now, if we didn't talk a little bit about the Mike Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. matchup here yeah. coming up. And, and obviously, when you have Mike Tyson, he's the household name, right? Whether it's from his knockouts, his video games, his movies, he's got cartoons, he's in wrestling now, like, the guy's everywhere. He's still as popular as Shark ever. Week. Like Shark Week coming up, and you got Roy Jones Jr., who, in my opinion, every boxer growing up tried to be like, but they couldn't copy him. They couldn't copy his style, his in-ring, exactly. they couldn't copy his skill set, they couldn't copy his in-ring demeanor, let's just say, okay? So, he's a very intriguing fighter, to say the least. I, I like this matchup, and I'm going to tune in to watch it for sure. But here's my issue with this whole thing. The undercard, you have a guy by the name of Jake Paul and another gentleman by the name of Nate Robinson. Jake Paul, a YouTuber, Nate Robinson, um, a former NBA player. They're on the undercard. They're getting promotion right now for this Mike Tyson, Roy Jones Jr. fight. And here's what I'm sick and tired of, Max. I'm sick and tired of you have these young, talented guys. You have the Ryan Garcias. You have the... Sha- Shakir Stevenson's out there who are just waiting to get their shot to get put on the big stage and showcase their skills and instead you go with Jake Paul and Nate Robinson. Is this fight more of a detriment to boxing than is actually helping out boxing? Well, first of all, I, whether or not it's detrimental to boxing probably you know, is determined by the result. Mm. Um, but I'll be watching and they yeah. could almost charge anything and I'm going to watch. Oh, it's just a sparring session. All right, Roy Jones and Mike Tyson, <laughs> they'd be 100 years old sparring. I'm going to watch Sure. Um, and I'll pay for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say that no one puts you on the big stage, really. you got to put yourself there. You have to connect with fans and grow a fan base. And boxers should not begrudge Jake Paul or whomever um, from being able to generate interest in them. You know, like, boxing has always been about athletic competition, no question, but also about the connection a fighter has with, with an audience. Mm-hmm. You know, that's who puts the meat in the seats, as they used to say. That's, that's part of the game. And, and, you know, you can't sit there and complain, well, this guy's getting attention, that guy's getting attention. Jake Paul didn't have some big promoter behind him getting attention. He pumped himself up. Now, mm-hmm. a fighter might say, yeah, because he's loud or he does this. I don't want to act the clown and da-da-da-da. Okay, fine. But that's on you. And who says you only, you can o- only have to act the clown or, or, or you know, it's like a clown is like, sounds insulting. You have to have a big personality or, or say negative things about people. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other ways to do it also. But the bottom line is you have to grow your audience. And, and, and that largely has to do in the fight game with the personality of the fighter, not just the kind of athletic quality of the fighter. Well, so, yeah. um, and boxing suffers because unlike MMA, where Dana White has the UFC in a dominant market position, and, and, and most importantly, in that position in the imaginations of the public. Like, if you, UFC is used interchangeably with MMA in, America, in the United States, right? Correct. It means, the brand means the, the sport itself. Mm-hmm. That's not the case in boxing. But because it is in the, in the UFC, um, uh, you know, you're in a much better, that's a promotional outfit, really. Just like Top Rank or the Golden Boy or any is a promotional outfit. Mm-hmm. But, it's, but it's, the, it's considered the promotional outfit, the way MLB or NFL or NBA is uh, or NHL is. Mm-hmm. And so Dana is in a much better position to promote his athletes and also deliver the, the, the consumer product that people want to see more quickly and efficiently than we are in boxing. 
So, you know, if you're a boxer, um, you have to figure out a way. You can't just rely on your promoter putting you on. You have to figure out a way to connect with an audience. Well, well, let's be honest here, too, Max. In terms of MMA, I mean, if you have a couple losses here or there, you're still going to be that household name, right? Like, Conor McGregor, still probably the biggest fighter in the world. That that guy's been knocked out a couple times, you know what I'm saying? Or he's been choked out. Uh, well, I think in boxing, where if you have that one loss, that can tarnish your entire career. You know, there's been a couple guys who have overcome that, obviously, like, Canelo, I mean, you know, he, he gets beat very young by Floyd Mayweather, but I think Canelo's one of the biggest boxers in the world. But my point is, listen, to me, you have Mike Tyson. Like, that's the draw already. Like, that's what people are going to come watch regardless of Jake Paul or not. Now, don't get me wrong. Jake Paul's numbers on his boxing pay-per-views, they're outstanding. I guess my last question to you here, Max, is can that casual audience member, can they come over, turn on and watch Jake Paul, Nate Robinson, but are they going to stay for those other boxers? Are, are they going to stay for the <clears throat> professional boxers with the high skill sets, and is it going to draw their attention? Well, here's the thing. When you're putting a card like this together, it's just, it's just economics. It's mm-hmm. a simple economics. So the main event, you know, Tyson and Roy are making money, right? So yeah. if you are a fighter of high quality, that means you want to get paid to be on that card. But then the promoter wants to know, well, wait a minute, we were anticipating this many buys, and we already have to pay Mike and Roy all this money. If you want to get paid the way you say you want to get paid, what are you bringing to the table promotionally? Do we think we're going to sell even more pay-per-views, reach a broader audience, than if we put you on the card? The answer for Jake Paul is probably yes, and so they work something out. But for, and maybe for Orion Garcia, if someone like that were available for a card like, you know, like that, Maybe the answer would also be yes. But for a lot of high-level professionals who are largely unknown, the answer is no. Right? So on the one hand, they want to get paid as anyone who is very, very good at their craft and has a limited shelf life in their career wants to get paid. And on the other hand, they're not, because they're unknown, they're not bringing anything financially to the table, so the promoter doesn't want to do it. So he looks either for a cheaper alternative or for an alternative that brings something to the table. Uh, so that they can get paid, and and that's where like. But in a card like this, it's it, this card is very much a novelty act. It's not. It's a seniors tour thing. It's not. I don't think people tune in with the expectation that they're seeing. You know, Terrence Crawford fighting Errol Spence. Sure, sure, yeah. Max Kellerman, the Max Kellerman Show, starts August 17th on ESPN all across the country, right here in Jacksonville on ESPN 690. Hey man, we probably kept you too long, but appreciate taking a few minutes. Good luck on the new show. Thanks, guys. That's Max Kellerman from ESPN, obviously, on First Take, uh, and now uh, with his own radio show coming up, part of the new lineup. And the new lineup, uh, go over it real quick. Uh, obviously, Keyshawn, Jay, and Zubin. We had Zubin on uh, in the morning. That takes uh, the place uh, 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, Lebetard and Stugatz, uh, 10 a.m. until noon. Mike Greenberg show right after that, and then right into the Max Kellerman show, uh, 2 to 4. Our buddy Fitz will be on with Spain and Fitz, uh, 7 to 9 later at night. And uh, ESPN lineup will wrap up with uh, Freddie and Fitzsimmons from 9 p.m. until 1 a.m. Uh, a lot of fun catching up with Mike Greenberg Monday, Max Kellerman today. I got a little boxing talk. Yeah, in there. man, it's been a long time coming. Hey, by I'm the glad. way, sometimes I'll be I'll be like, my defense is I'm just a dumb sports guy. <laughs> well, that's just me, dumb sports guy. Yeah. You, then you, Max Kellerman's a Columbia University guy. Oh no, dude, dude knows his stuff, especially Smart in the world guy. of boxing. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm not gonna lie, I want to go Stephen A. Smith on him about this whole boxing conversation. I, uh, we have I a lot of time to do it, but I was like, I was getting ready for that rebuttal. I like it. Yeah, I yeah, liked yeah. it, uh, and he's had a fascinating career. He yes. kind of gave us some of the 
resume. The resume's amazing and yep. uh, doing well, obviously, on first take. Check out the new show, Max Kellerman Show, coming up August 17th. Continue to check out our show when we come back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Back to the Jacks. Well, I think the gradual way is going to be better just because it's allowing us to get our bodies uh, conditioned in the shape that we want to be at to play. I mean, I don't know if a lot of guys had the opportunities to work out in a gym, you know, access to a field just with what with all that's going on but um i think the gradual way is going to be good and then i mean 14 days doesn't seem that much but the stuff that we're doing now it's kind of preparing us so i think in that 14 days we'll be wide open and in the full swing of things that is brandon linder veteran amongst the offensive linemen and uh coming off a really good year i i kind of like the momentum that linder has from even national guys and everybody else. So give him a lot of credit. No, nobody wanted to give Linder credit before. Jags kept saying, hey, he's a good player, he's a good player. Marone said he's a good player, good player. But nobody wanted to believe it because he was part of the offensive line. And uh, guess what? He's a good player. Yeah. Like, he's Pro Bowl caliber player. If they can win, he's a Pro Bowl kind of player. The problem with that position is if you don't win, you're not going to get recognized. I mean, it's like that with a lot of positions. But uh, especially, I think, at center and especially – on the offensive line. Let's talk a little more about the offensive line in a moment. I was just thinking something in the break, and I just kind of pushed this out. Uh, by the way, our, our video feed, I guess, glitched, so uh, we're back with a new stream. Apologies for that. Uh, we didn't even know it. It was automatic. It was like a ghost did it. <laughs> it wouldn't even push anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just restarted itself. Um, but I just pushed out there. I said, one of the many reasons I'm not going to make it big in this business has now hit me. Not just talking oh. to Max Kellerman. <laughs> But we were talking about this in the break. Yeah. See, I've always had kind of this thought like, yeah, I'm just a dumb sports guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, just kind of play that <laughs> off. Just, I mean, I, I'm not dumb. No, man. But I'm also not like Ivy League kind of smart. Okay. Okay. And. <laughs> Resting yourself. Yeah. Man. No, I'm not. Yeah. No, just reality. Okay. Okay. okay? Yeah. Uh, like, like, I'm like a 1040, I think it was, kind of SAT guy. Sure. I'm not 1400 SAT guy. Okay. Do you, what does that translate now, to the AC? Because I don't take the SATs. Yeah, I didn't take the ACT, okay, so well, I don't know. Yeah, there it is. Then. But well, 36 is the max on the ACT, 1600 on the SAT, so maybe it's like a 22, 24, okay. something okay, like okay, that. Okay, okay. So it's good. You're not showing off, but you're in the heart of it. Yeah, there and you go. it feels like everybody's scores are way higher than that now, yeah. like all the kids. So I'm wondering if they're they've kind of tweaked. It was harder. When oh, we took it. Oh, I'm mine sure that they probably enough. tweak the. Yeah, mine were not that high. I had like a 1380 out of like 24 or something like that. Once again, huh? I'm not sure. I did not do well. Is that that's really bad? Isn't oh, it? you had a. Tw- oh, you had the old that system for a little bit went to 2400 yeah. total. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because it's back to 1600, I think. So I, you're almost banned 500 then. Dude, like I got <laughs> points for my name, and that's probably it. <laughs> wow, well, no, that's more than that. See? But helps it helps when your parents pay Flag no. University <laughs> off, doesn't it? How convenient for you. They must have given them a lot of money because no, they even plagiarized no, 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 one no. time and told the president about it. I know. They did tell <laughs> me that I had to take the ACTs, right? What did you get an ACT? I got a. Uh, an 18, and they wanted me to get a 19, and they were like, that's close. Got him beat. What'd you get? 19. There's <laughs> 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 a lot of smarts. That just made my day, man. I, I mean, I don't know what's, what I like more. The fact I beat Tim Tebow in the Wonderlick score, or I beat Justin <laughs> Coos in the ACT score. Man, my, that made my whole month, Justin. Thank you very much, dude. No problem. Uh, my man, you Justin. That was a low bar, I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah, I called you Justin, too. <laughs> you, got really, you got really excited. Yeah. He called you Justin. No respect. Uh, <laughs> 
So, but anyway, my thought is like, okay, it's it's okay though. You're in sports, like, yeah, it's all right. Uh, I don't have to be a genius. Like, I always say this to Weber. Weber's a smart guy, smartest right? guy I probably ever met. Yeah, he's like 1400 SAT guy. Yeah, hope he doesn't mind me sharing, and he doesn't. Just yeah. to let you know, <laughs> um, you know about it. And and I'm like, why are you doing this? Yeah, <laughs> like, why do you? Shouldn't you be like? Solving the quadratic equation for, for sure. some big company or something like yeah. that. Like, Curing COVID-19, you know? I, I mean, something. Yeah. Isn't there better use for you yeah, and yeah, your brain? Sure. <laughs> See, that, that's, why I, that's why I respect Stuart, though, man, because he can do anything he wants to. He wants to do sports. I like so, it. like He's got a passion I for it. I respect him, man. He's good at it. I respect the game. But So Max Kellerman mm-hmm. went to Columbia. Yeah. But I started thinking, and we were talking out loud a little bit, so I said, you know, that's a misnomer. Like, I've kind of always said, eh, hey, hey, just a dumb sports guy. That's not true, especially if you look at the big national guys. Yeah. I brought up Chris Berman's a brown guy. Uh, Nance is a Wake Forest guy. I, I don't – I think Wake Forest is a pretty darn good school. I don't, I don't know how smart you got to be. Like, it, I don't know if it's Duke-esque yeah. in terms of that. Like, you got yeah, pretty know your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Buck's an Indiana guy, but you can tell he's a smart guy. Like Costas was Syracuse, and I'm not saying everybody goes Syracuse is super smart, but mm-hmm. you can tell Costas is a smart guy, yeah. like really smart guy. Uh, and who else did we bring up? Any other names? Uh, Greenberg was a Greenberg. Northwestern guy, smart um, guy. Yeah, you, you mentioned Chris Berman already. I can't think of anybody else. I think, that we I think I just, about. Uh, but, but but I'll say this though too. So when I was in Kansas City. Um, I had a room with somebody, okay? And I, I talked about another guy that I, I, I played with on the defensive line, uh, Mike Catapino. But this other guy named Josh Martin, who's an undrafted free agent, would have been, yeah, I mean, it would have been literally when I was there. So I think he was a rookie that year. Um, played on the Saints last year, I know. But get this, though. Went to Columbia, okay? And I'll never forget, man, we're, we're sharing a room together because we're rooming up and everything. And I'll never forget, like, we're having conversations, and I'm just like, man, okay. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I get it. All right, like I understand, and listen, I'm sure you went on an academic scholar. I'm, I'm on a sports scholarship, but dude, you want to talk about like just well spoken and, and like crazy thoughts and everything? Like this guy had it, and you here I am, just like, can we watch Cartoon Network, please? <laughs> yes. Let's throw that on. Hey, Let's throw that on. There's book smart and there's yeah. street smart. You better believe and it, you need baby. a little street smart here hey. on ESPN six hey, ninety. Okay, what, when it comes to school hard knocks, bring Martin Austin Lane, baby, four point Val Victorians, if you will. I just, I'd be interested to take a listen. I know, like the uh, Tom Brokaws of the world, I think are, you know, what you're doing news and all that. You probably are, but I don't think the sports guys get enough love for being as smart as they are. They don't, Brent. They, they don't. don't stereotyping. Like there's no way if you would stereotype Max Kellerman, yeah, from boxing days to sparring with yep. with Stephen A. Smith on first take every yep. day, mm-hmm. nobody would guess that he went to Columbia. Nobody. And that's not a knock on Max. That's a knock on the rest of us. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. Like, you wouldn't guess that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and look up all these. Like, But what I basically said is I know I'm not going to make it to the big time. But that's the thing. Like, See, now Brent, that just punched my ticket. Brent, no, no. Like, that's I feel like I'm in the big time here in Jacksonville. That's anyway. a loser's but, attitude, Brent. That's a loser's attitude. You know why? Cause I'm you're, eliminated. Cause, no, because you're putting Ashland on the map, and I'm putting Murray <laughs> State on the map. And we're going to get there together. We're, we're going to be the top pinnacle. We'll have like our own show on HBO Sports one day, and it's going to be Ashton University on one side, Murray State on the other side, and we're going to hold it down for all those small schools out there. Uh, they do call uh, Ashland the Ivy League of Ohio. Oh, and I told you they call Murray State the well, – it used to be 
America's Public Ivy League. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I'm kidding. They don't call Ashland oh, that. Well, they, they, call they call Murray Ashland State the home of the world's friendliest people. For real? Yes, that's right. That's right. They actually called Murray State that. It was like the the, the, the public the public Ivy League exactly. of the U.S. World's friendliest people? I think that's what it says, yeah, on the sign. Is it's it awesome. true? Uh, you know what? Pretty friendly spot? Pretty friendly spot. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the world's most friendly spot. It sounds spot. like a cop-out answer. Like, like when you're test. like, what do you want to say about that person? Uh, well, uh, uh, <laughs> real friendly. They got a good personality. Well, uh, <laughs> home of the best personalities. <laughs> yeah. Which would mean you Which have one ugly town. I was going to say, you've got a bunch of sewer trolls just wandering there like the walking dead. Never go to Ashland. All right. Uh, the uh, <laughs> that's our, our smart test for the day. No, uh, but I'm saying, man, let's let's put it on the map, Brent. Let's put our school. I mean, it took Max Kellerman to come on the show for me to finally realize this after yeah. 20 years in the business. I'm telling you, man, that's a losing mentality. You got this. Put Ashland <laughs> on the map. I want to put Murray State on the map, but John Morant's already doing that right now, so we'll see. Yeah, and Adam Shaheen uh, doesn't look like hey, he's going to hey. do that. So <laughs> yeah, he, I think you're all set there. Okay, he's getting <laughs> traded for a, a five dollar foot long from Subway and a bag of potato chips. <laughs> I think he's going to. Jags who have no tight ends aren't interested. <laughs> they weren't even <laughs> snipping at that. Oh my gosh! At least I'm still hosting Jaguars All Access. There we go. <laughs> Somebody must have paid big dollar for that. You better believe it, man. <laughs> hey, uh, the Jag. Quick thought or two on the Jags offensive line. I might get back to this conversation. Yeah. Uh, I, I I asked the question earlier in the show. Could this season offensively depend on that even more than Minshew? Yeah, see, to me it does, and I've stated this before. I think the most important component right now, at least on that Jaguars offense, of being successful going forward is that offensive line. Now, I know what you're going to say, well, Austin, you always say the game's won and lost the trenches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. I always do say that, but here's my point, though. I think this year, Gardner Minshew, however the national media feels about him, obviously Max Kellerman, not a believer, thought you went to Columbia. You know, do your due diligence a little more. Just saying. But no, I'm just messing, Max. You're a good dude. Um, but I'm going to say this, though, about Minshew. Defensive coordinators and opposing teams will be key on him this year. Okay? Last year, it was all about stopping the run. It was all about stopping Fournette. That's not the excuse anymore. Now it's stopping Garner Minshew because people can see what he can do. People saw what DJ Chark did last year, pro bowler. So I think this year teams are going to be more hip to the game and keen on Garner Minshew. So with that being said, you have to have an offensive line that, number one, can protect him, buy him time. But number two, when teams are keen on Garner Minshew, you have the ability to, to run the ball off and obviously with Leonard Fournette get a couple yards here or there just to keep defenses honest. We're going to talk more about the offensive line real quick, back and forth, okay, in like a minute. Let's give the – why is the Jags offensive line better than people want to believe? Go. Give me one reason. Oh, because uh, Cam Robinson could be 100% healthy this year. Okay. You go. Uh, individually, I think they have a lot of talent. Mm-hmm. I think guys would take them individually. Got so, uh, yeah, I so mean, a- Pro Bowler potentially. Yeah. Maybe future Pro Bowler and Juwan Taylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Linder I was referring to. A.J. Can obviously won that spot last year and has played better. And Norwell's a former All-Pro. Guys playing for new contracts. Especially Cam Robinson. Cam Robinson. Jay Gruden's offense. Get the ball out quick. It's friendly to the offensive line, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm going to black out. Um, it's so hard being an offensive lineman. That's all I got. You can't have more <laughs> critical penalties than they had last year. It's just maybe mathematically impossible. <laughs> I guess. I, I keep in mind, you have a head coach who's a former offensive line coach. Okay, but that didn't help the last couple of years. Well, and you know what? And, and saying, well, you can't be worse than last year in penalties. Well, duh. So these are the, those are two duh answers. Yeah. What more do you want from me, man? Last I'm trying my best, Barch. 
Just because. Okay. He's the smoothie king. Well, now, can we stop being on the Sunshine Rainbows Club and be more realist after the break here? Maybe talk a little about later. The problem with offensive line yeah, or not? Maybe. Okay. We'll talk NCAA oh, after I hope this first. so. That's coming up next on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. America. We are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.